We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is the Sacramento Bees, Chris Biederman, and we are going to talk about 49ers Pro Bowlers, Pro Bowl snubs, and then we're going to dive into the 49ers Week 16 showdown against the Washington Commanders. Reminder, that game is on Saturday, tomorrow, by the time you're listening to this. Hopefully, you're listening to this on Friday. I hate... If people are listening to a pregame pod after the game, because then the bad takes are just really amplified. So we'll dive into the 49ers commanders uh, matchup with a quick little preview, what it means and things of that nature. We are sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. You can go visit the brewery. There's still Candlestick Chronicles hazy IPA available for you right now. And you can get that at the brewery. You can get it on tap. You can get a four pack of it. You can get a case. Or if you can't get to the brewery, which is in Santa Rosa, you can order a case online at cooperagebrewing.com. you got to be 21 and up. And in the state of California, it's a great Christmas gift. I don't want to guarantee that it'll be there by Christmas. I don't want to promise that when I'm not the one sending them out. And I don't want to throw our friends at Cooperage under the bus. But if you have like a Christmas shindig after Christmas or a different holiday shindig after the holidays, you can order that now. And it will likely be there by the chance you're by the time your shindig is going on. If if I can butt in, you could also just ensure by that you'd have it by going and picking it up yourself. That's very true. But maybe we have a listener in Los Angeles right. who can't get up to Santa Rosa. And in that case, just order it now and then cross your fingers. It's there in time. Or they could and we could question their commitment and want to. That's a really great point. It's like it's low like, motor. Do you even grind? <laughs> Don't run from the grind. Run to the grind, which is up by five, right to Santa Rosa. If you're in LA or 99, put you up. I don't know. Let's talk about football. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I'm fascinated by the Pro Bowl games this year. 
they got if you missed it they've done away with the whatever they called that football game football in scare quotes and now they're doing skills competitions great a plus i'm into that and then a non-contact flag football game also into that an idea that i and many others have 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 had over the years and the nfl is finally doing it and i think it's going to be to that weekend's benefit i'll be locked in the 49ers will have six players there assuming they're not playing in the super bowl yeah they had six players voted nick posa fred warner talano hufanga those are the three guys on defense and then trent williams kyle use and George Kittle are the guys on offense doing that off the top of my head. Was that a bit was, was George Kittle's season so for forgettable for you that you just kind of forgot he was a pro bowler? Yes. Okay, good. No, I think, <laughs> look, I think six, given that the 49ers, I think, I think just about everybody at this point considers the 49ers, this is at least a top two team in the NFC and six generally like five or six feels right. Given when a team has record. more than six, it's like, whoa. Right, right, right. What like six feels right. It's about what contending teams have. It gets a little crazy when like sometimes teams will have like eight. And it's like, oh, that's it's probably too much. It's probably right. too much recognition. But like what's interesting <laughs> <laughs> is like there are guys who are deserving, I think, uh, that that didn't make it. Like Drake Greenlaw, I think, is is how many how many linebackers would you take in the NFL over Drake Greenlaw right now? Because I don't think you could name like five or six. If I'm taking one, it's Fred Warner. Right. And I the so pro football focus, our friends over there, have one linebacker in the NFL who's played at least five hundred snaps graded higher than Drake Greenlaw, and it's Bobby Wagner. That's interesting. Yeah. Fred Warner's fifth. The 49ers have two of the five highest graded linebackers in the league. Yeah, so Greenlaw's up there. I think Charvarius Ward is is absolutely deserving. I think Christian McCaffrey, given like he's fourth in the NFL in scrimmage yards. Actually, wait, let me double check that. He is I believe he leads the NFL in scrimmage yards. He leads running backs in scrimmage yards. So he's I, I have him as fifth. I'm looking on pro football reference right now. Josh Jacobs is running first. Back? Yeah, Josh Jacobs is first with 1,800 yards. Derrick Henry second with 1,682. First in the NFC. Got it. Okay. Um, Justin Jefferson is third, 1,647. Tyreek Hill, 1,559. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 15 the entire NFL in scrimmage yards, and he's got 10 touchdowns. So, Which is pretty good. That was really, really surprising to me. And you would think, like, given, you know, like, fantasy impact, just a guy with that big of a name would be like kind of a shoe in for the Pro Bowl. So that, that was pretty surprising. So a couple things here. I, I've got the numbers here. I wrote a piece about this on NinersWire.com. Shout out. Big, big piece. Not a big piece, just a regular piece. I did post a full ass link though. <laughs> full link. This season he's leading the NFC. He's leading NFC running backs in receiving yards, scrimmage yards, and he's fourth in total touchdowns. Sounds like a Pro Bowler to me. I agree. And I think the eye test would confirm that. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think so. Here's here's what I think you talked about the fantasy thing. Here's what I think might have happened. Because it's not just fan voting. There's like a coach vote involved. And I think there's a player vote involved. But I think part of the reason McCaffrey didn't get voted in 
is because there are a lot of fans who do play fantasy football who are like me, who punted on Christian McCaffrey after last year. I drafted him first overall. He gets hurt. It just torpedoes my team. And I was like, I'm done. I don't want him anymore. And so I'm wondering if there's people who are just like, he's hurt all the time and they just don't pay attention. Like they're not dialed into what he's doing for the 49ers. Yeah, it could be like the reverse of like the idea so often that guys get recognized to the Pro Bowl like a year late, a year later than they should. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a guy who makes a jump to like being an okay starter to like, no, this guy's really, really good now, but he's not like an all pro type. That guy will typically have to wait a year to to become a Pro Bowler. Feels like that's going to be Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, probably. Probably. that's a, That sounds right. So just like, I don't know. The Pro Bowl is very inexact. And we talk about it now because it is an interesting talking point just for, you know, like who gets recognition. And, and it yeah. matters to players because, you know, like when you talk, when, when they go to the bargaining table and talk about contracts and stuff, that's that's like a big deal. That's That's really where Pro Bowl recognition is probably the most meaningful because players mm-hmm. and agents will go to teams and be like, no, I was a Pro Bowler. Right. And like that, like that matters. Like it to, to us, it's just like a talking point and nobody's even going to watch the game. Most likely the <laughs> flag football game or whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm dialed. Up. I'm dialed this year. Coach. You're dialed. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll watch. I'll let, I'll let you recap it on the pod. I'll, um, I do that. I will. <laughs> I'll have takes. Um, if so you, yeah, real, just, just real quick on that. If you're on the, the pro bowl doesn't matter to these guys bandwagon. Watch the video the Washington Commanders posted of Ron Rivera telling all of his players. And there were some that were like, I thought so. (laughs) But then there were other guys who like lost it and started crying. Well, it's huge for like uh, for a guy to get recognized. uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's a special teamer for Washington. Jeremy Reeves. I believe. Jeremy Reeves. He, um, you know, like a, a guy who has to fight for a roster spot and the only way they can meaningfully contribute is on special teams and then to be recognized for that like these guys are fighting for a living yes you know what i mean like it's like they run as fast as they can and slam into somebody also running as fast as they can right every they, play they're in the game we, we don't need to we don't need to tell fans like how much some of these fringe roster guys like lay right. it out on the line right but to do all that and then to get recognized as a pro bowler like that's obviously super meaningful but again we can't go through every like you know, like God, George Odom snubbed. He's so good right. as a he's so good on kick on filling his lanes on kickoff coverage. You know, it's like <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, like we again, like it does Not matter. Now, honey, to a I'm lot grinding the special teams all 22 for this Pro Bowl vote. Right, right. So, um, but no, I, I think the 49ers had just about the right amount, and I and I think they had some some snubs. Um, but I think every team has snubs and there are a lot of guys who probably don't really deserve it or who are getting there on reputation alone. So, well, and, and there's, there's like a finite number of spots too. Right. So McCaffrey, I think should have been in, you could make an argument that he could replace any NFC running back and it'd be like, okay, like I'll buy that. But then there's a player like, and then Dre Greenlaw, I think the same way, like, like you said at the top, there's probably not a linebacker in the league playing better than him right now. So, take any NFC linebacker out the the two though like Traverius Ward 
that's hard because there's a lot of cornerbacks playing really well in the NFC. And that's where it's like, should, could he be a pro bowler? Like, yeah, absolutely. He's playing at that level, but there's just not room. And you can't justifiably remove somebody and put him in and feel good about it. Do you know what Charvarius Ward's cap number is this year? I don't. It is 3.8 million. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's silly. So, I mean, you know, the, the fact that he signed a three-year $40 million contract with $13.5 million per year, it's looking like a really good value signing for the 49ers because, like, there are corners who are making $18, 20000000 million a year that have a similar impact to what Ward is providing San Francisco. And I, it, the value is is just looking at what the 49ers cornerback position was last year to this year, mm-hmm. right? And, like, the fact that corners cost the 49ers a bunch of games early in the season last year, yeah. whereas this year Ward's been nails in both the run game and passing game and has proven to be a guy that can now travel and cover the team's the, the opponent's best receiver. Mm-hmm. And that's not something the 49ers had, even when Richard Sherman was an all pro in 2019, a second team guy, you know, Sherman wasn't traveling. Sherman was staying on the left side of the field. So right. that's the, the Charvarius Ward signing pro bowl or not is looking like a huge coup for the 49ers. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a significant win, whether he's in the pro bowl or not, like he's playing at that level. Right. And that that is exactly what they needed. Yeah. Like their defense looks way different. And I, I don't want to leave Diamond Lenore out because he's been he's been really good since Emmanuel mostly went down. But Traverius Ward specifically, if he's 30% worse, their defense looks a lot different. Yeah, and I should say his cap number is going to go up to 16.4 next year, which I still think is fine. You know, like if he's if he's one of the better corners in the league, which I think he's proven to be, I don't know where exactly he ranks, but like 16.4 million for the best corner on the best defense in the NFL. Like that's that's worth it. That's like the that's generally the going rate. And they didn't have to overpay for that. You know, it's not it's not like they gave him 22 million a year. Right. It was a sizable contract, but not top of market. Right. And it, I I think it's a really good value. So yeah, for, from a value perspective, I would say Trevor Aries Ward has proven to be one of the best value signings of last offseason. Yeah. We're at the end. Yeah, I'm right there. Full stop. The biggest outrage is Ray Ray McLeod not making it as a special teams guy. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. He's leading all return men in all purpose yards. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's not good enough. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's very clear. Who's not watching the tape? Oh, totally. <laughs> Guys like us, people that listen to the pod, they know they grind. Watch more tape. Get Ray Ray <laughs> to the Pro Bowl. Um, I think that's our fault for not campaigning sooner. We just have figured he'd be a shoe in. I just assume. Yeah, yeah. same. Same with Mitch. And Tabes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tabes, yeah. Tabe was the ultimate assumption. I was just like, yeah, he's in. He's getting it. When he got when he got Doctor Disrespect on his side, I was like, "He's gonna win the fan vote." When he came on the pod, it was like, "Oh, it's a shoe in." Brutal. Nothing better for for the for a player's brand than coming on this podcast. Um, <laughs> the Washington Commanders on Saturday, the Durs, 
what are your initial thoughts? You said you had a take on that team that that you wanted to. Yeah, this has so I've had I've thought the last couple of weeks against the Buccaneers and the Seahawks that Brock Purdy would struggle a little bit, and that had more to do with Brock Purdy and Todd Bowles in there and and Tampa Bay's defense getting a chance to game plan. And then with the Seahawks, it was like, oh, it's short week. He's banged up. It's on the road. This is really, really tough. With Washington, this has nothing to do with with Brock Purdy. This would be a problem for any quarterback. They have Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. They're two defensive tackles who both have 40-plus pressures this year. They're both really good at getting after the quarterback from the interior. And then on the edge, they have Montez Sweat on one side and Chase Young, former number one overall pick, will be making his season debut on the other side. I think they're going to create havoc in the middle that's just tough for any quarterback to deal with. And I think this will be a game where we see Purdy maybe make a couple of the mistakes that he's avoided over the last couple games. Again, having nothing, not like less, I would say the same thing about Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Like this is... This, I think, is going to be a really tough defense to deal with. I don't think the Niners are going to lose because the commanders are going to have a a harder time, I think, with the Niners' defense because the commanders' offense kind of stinks. But I think this will be a game where we see the Niners' offense really get put in a box where it's going to be an uphill climb for all four quarters because of what Washington does on the defensive line. So I think this could be a sneaky tough game for the 49ers. And it's not because I think Washington is is better than San Francisco at all. I think quite the opposite. I just think there are a lot of human nature aspects at play. Like the 49ers are coming off an emotional win. They clinched the division. Yeah, they want the two seed. But, you know, the for Washington, their season is basically on the line every week now. They're battling for that seventh seed in the NFC. And the 49ers don't have nearly as much to play for. And there's going to be a certain level of desperation that Washington's playing with that the 49ers might not. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, like, you know, this game could get weird if, you know, you never want to talk about injuries, like knock on wood. But like when you have a dominant defensive line like Washington could have or does have in certain situations, that's when guys can get hurt, right? Like we can, if, if Brock Purdy can twist an ankle, like a lot of these things can happen and we've seen it happen to the 49ers. So there's no guarantee that like, oh, they should just roll these guys because yeah, naturally they should. They're, they're a much better team than Washington. But it could be one of those ugly games where, you know, say Brandon Ayuk leaves the game in the first half and doesn't come back. Right. And then it's sure. just like Ray Ray McLeod and Juwan Jennings. And should be Pro Bowler Ray Ray McLeod. Right. Should be Pro Bowl or Ray Bird McLeod. And like Danny Gray is getting a ton of snaps. And and just like weird things happen. Like we've seen the 49ers lose games where they're substantial favorites. And a lot of times their opponent is just a more desperate team. Like sometimes, like I, I, I there's no analysis that says, oh, Washington can do this and beat the 49ers. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like there's no, like they're a team with a very limited quarterback. They're not particularly good on third down. They're not particularly good in the red zone. They have a decent running game, but the 49ers have the best run defense in the NFL. Like the matchups across the board would dictate that the 49ers have the advantage just about everywhere. Mm -hmm. But Washington needs this game way more than the 49ers do. And weird things can happen in the NFL. It's late in the season. 
I, you know, I, I just, I could see like seven points feels kind of like a lot of points. And it does, and it does feel like, like, I, I think seven points is right from the standpoint of like looking at these two teams and evaluating, you know, like how much better San Francisco is than Washington. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the human nature elements of this and the fact that Washington basically has to win out or they, they have to approach it like they have to win out to make the right. playoffs. Right. They're the seven seed right now. Yeah. So and a half game up. Right. They, they just have to win. They don't have any margin for error. Yep. Um, so that that could make this game a little bit closer than expected. But I, I wouldn't pick Washington to win it, but I would probably pick them to cover because seven points is a lot. And the 49ers have very little to play for. Although they, they do want to get seeding, but again, they're like they're in this weird place where like, yeah, we want to win, we want to get seeds, but we also are the the second seed, but we also want to keep all of our guys healthy and, and mm-hmm. be going into the playoffs with all of our weapons. And like yeah. you know, it's it's just it's kind of a yeah. weird thing because like when you go play Seattle, you're approaching that game with maximum intensity. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we gotta win the division. We got to like our season is culminating with this game. Right. Right. Like everything's on the line. All of our goals are right in front of us. It's Washington games. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's some of that. Like you like you said, because they can't fall lower than the three seed. Right. So they're only trying to go up. But I think they really want the two. And the other aspect of this, you brought up the human nature side. I think that Trent Williams and Kyle Shanahan's feelings toward Washington and the prominence of their voices in the locker room will help mitigate some of that kick the feet up divisions one, not fall lower than the three seed. Sure. This team stinks. We're going to throw our helmets on the field and win attitude. And that's one of the reasons that like, I came at this from a standpoint of I think it's going to be an uphill climb for the Niners. But if you told me that the Niners won this game by like three touchdowns, I would not be jaw on the floor. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Surprised. And I mean, they're that much that, better than Washington. Just are right. they going to have, are they going to approach this game with the intensity and execution yes. to win at that level? That, and that's can a they, I have. this is, this is the biggest test for their defensive interior all year. And or their offensive interior, I should say. And if it's going to be Payne and Allen just blowing everything up, they're going to struggle. And that's just like I said, that's not specific to the 49ers. That's any team. Now, that said, teams have been able to move the ball in Washington and like the Giants put up 20 on them. So I'm. Like I said, I'm not going to be flabbergasted if the Niners win by a bunch, but I I do think that there's some some reason for for concern going in because of because specifically of of Washington's event. like there's nothing else really like they have good offensive weapons, but Taylor Heineke is not very good. So, <laughs> right. You remember in 2019 when the Niners late in the year, they had that three-game stretch. I think it was home against the Packers and then at the Ravens and then at the Saints. Yeah, and then they lost. And it was like statistically like the most difficult three-game stretch in NFL history based on the the records of those teams at that point in the season. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like 9 and 3, 
10 and 2 and 10 and 2 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And it was three straight games. And then the Niners won two out of three. They lost a game in Baltimore. They beat Green Bay by a field goal. Bay. Yeah. Yeah. By a field goal. They easily could have won. And they came home. That and was... it was a it was a long trip game. They they practiced at IMG Academy, but they came home and lost to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like obviously they're, you know, they're better than Atlanta. But it was just like they won two out of the three, though they they beat they won the conference games, right? That were so vital mm-hmm. to the standings at that point that it was like, all right, you know, and then they came home and, and lost to the Falcons and they should have won so, that game also. Yeah. George Kittle fumbled right on what would have been the game ceiling first down. Right. And that allowed Atlanta to go down. And then also remember in that Baltimore game, the Niners went for it on a fourth and one with like six minutes left. Mm-hmm. And Kittle was the only guy running a route. And so there are just four defenders around him. That's incomplete. The Ravens get the ball and they just don't give it back. Right. Man. Yeah. What but if they lost that season. Falcons game? They didn't have Richard Sherman. They didn't have Kwan Williams. And then Julio right. Jones went off. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And they I had mean... to play at the goal line where they had to review it and it was incomplete. They won by like three short... inches, basically. Yeah. 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 So um yeah, it was, you know, just just games like that happen. And it's certainly not going to mean a whole lot if the 49ers lose. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, expect Washington to play with a ton of intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously no one's going to pick them going into this game. And they have everything on the line and the 49ers just really don't. So I think that's yeah. that's ultimately going to be the theme is like, do the 49ers put their foot down and dominate this game like they should? Or do they just kind of do just enough against a desperate team and like barely win and like overcome mistakes or overcome injuries and whatnot? Like, I'm curious to see what it looks like from that standpoint, because ultimately the results not super important, but it's going to be telling in terms of how the 49ers are approaching these last three weeks overall heading into the playoffs. It could be a little important if they wind up tied with Minnesota. And it comes down to the NFC tiebreaker. Although I think Minnesota only has NFC games left. So if they wind up tied, I think the Niners would just by by, uh, default have that conference record tiebreaker. doesn't super matter, but it has the vibe of one of those games where the Niners are for the most part, like Washington's not doing anything spectacular. But then you look up and there's eight minutes left and the Niners are up, you know, 13 to 10. Right. And Washington has the ball. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> how did right. how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're just very That's limited. Right. Like even watching last week's game against the Giants again, like Terry McLaurin's good. They struggle to get him the ball. Yeah. Right. Like they're a team that is just not super dynamic in the passing game. Um, Dotson's nice. He's like a good deep mm-hmm. threat. But the 49ers don't give up big plays. Like it, it would take a big game from from somebody like that, like mm-hmm. a lot of big plays for it to really matter in a s- substantial way. Yeah. Um, and I think Washington's gonna try to run the ball a lot. They need to run the ball a lot because they're not a team that can pass it 40 times. And 49ers have a really good run defense. Yeah. That I I it could that I love the I don't even know what the under is, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I would take the under in Washington if I were betting this game. Yeah. But just just for the, the points. points. Yeah. yeah. Because said like if if we both expect like a 14 to 10 game or something or like a 17 13, obviously that's fewer than seven the seven point spread. Yeah. 
and watch the 49ers and Brock Brock Purdy will go throw four touchdowns and yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> when I said it in the intro, like the bad takes get really, really exposed when you listen to a pregame pod after. It's going to well, be I'm, all right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, three and I'm just going to hedge on that. Tyler Croft, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, um, a rushing touchdown and a throwing touchdown. Oh, he's going to have two passing TDs. Okay. I love that. <laughs> hey, Ray Ray McLeod's going to house one eventually. At some point, you could. Good. Let me check. I just before we get into the six pack, I want to check Washington's special teams grade on PFF. Mm, sure. I'm going to get a color for you. Stand by. Okay, great. I could also check DVOA, but I'm already at PFF. So do you subscribe special... to, to Football Outsiders? I I don't subscribe. I just do the like unpaid subscription. So I got guess. It, got it. Yeah. I, I kind of uh, want to subscribe to Football Outsiders. Washington, the highest graded special teams unit in the league. <laughs> Wow. Well, when Ray Ray... that is a that is a m- midnight blue if I've ever seen one. Well, that that explains why uh, why Reeves is a Pro Bowler then. Yeah, and Reeves, big big Joey Sly revenge game potential here. Oh, great point. The Niners, I swear to God, the Niners lead the league in former kickers on other teams. Chase McLaughlin's employed, Joey Sly is employed, and I believe Tristan Vizcaino is employed. Niners just a, a kicker factory. Everyone just just <laughs> oh, you kicked you. for the Niners, you're signed. <laughs> 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 you 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 stood in the in in the in the place of Robbie Gold. <laughs> come come on over. You were coached by Richard Hightower. <laughs> Get in here. <laughs> Oh, a so golden... you worked with you worked with Tabor Pepper. <laughs> Get in our building. <laughs> you saw what it takes from signing Tabor. this guy could mean that Mitch Wisnowski comes available. <laughs> anyway. Um special right. teams jokes. Special teams jokes. Let's get to the six pack. Whose turn is it this week? Uh, uh, let's say it's yours. Okay, great. I am going to pick... Cooperage six-pack. It's the Cooperage six-pack. Cooperagebrewing.com. Visit Cooperagebrewing.com. Or the brewery itself. Preferably the brewery. We need to make a trip out there, dude. Yeah, I mean, life's a little busy right now, man. But yeah, Is it, um... though? Is it, though? Are you covering? Yes, you... in fact, it is. Are, are you? <laughs> I know. I'm super swamped. I'm like, right. hey, we got to be out of here at this time. I got a thing right. tonight. Right, right. It's not even a work thing. I just got a thing. You're like, I, I might have King shoot around, bro. <laughs> are you going to be busy during the All Star game? All Star break? I, I don't know. I'm I'm stressed maybe, out just maybe, thinking about it. We'll circle the All Star break as our chance to get up to the brewery. Vote, vote Domas and Foxy. Who's not? <laughs> Harrison Barnes is the glue. He's getting my vote. He might be. I'm gonna take first. I'm gonna take Christian McCaffrey. Pro Bowl. Snub. This is this Pro Bowl snub Christian McCaffrey, and I think he's gonna take that Pro Bowl snub and use it as motivation the rest of the way. No, for for all the things we talked about with Washington's defensive line, I think it's going to be a heavy, quick pass game. 
for the Niners. Just and not that Brock Purdy's been, you know, unloading down the field. This is one of my big points of confusion. I've heard multiple people talk about how the 49ers are like letting it fly down the field now. And Brock Purdy's thrown five passes, 20 plus yards. It's not like his his average depth of target is under seven. Like it's not like he's just really letting it rip. So that said, it was just, gonna... it, that's that's like the Tampa Bay game just kind of like sticking out to everybody. I mean, that's yeah, kind of what happens the, when it's like a small to, sample thing. And then the one to Kittle. Yeah. He has three touchdowns, 20 plus yards outside the numbers. And I don't think Garoppolo had three during his entire tenure with the Niners. But that said, I think it's going to be a ton of quick passes. And I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be the beneficiary of that because Washington's defensive line is just really, really good. So it's going to be a lot of number 23 for the 49ers on Saturday. I like it. It's always a good pick. Um, I'm going with Trent Williams. For reasons that you mentioned earlier, he's not super fond of the Washington professional football team franchise and its ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think to to the point that you made earlier, like this game does matter to him a lot. And I'm curious, you know, if if I were Washington, and who knows, maybe Chase Young doesn't play a whole lot, right? His first game back in in mm-hmm. more than a year, coming off the ACL tear. They probably line Chase Young up over Mike McGlinchey a bunch, I would think. I, I would think that would make a lot more sense. Um, but if not, I mean, either way, Trent Williams going is going against Chase Young or Montez Sweat. Right. Who's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the Niners are going to run the ball a lot. We talked about how just impressive Trent Williams blocks are when he can like change direction on the block while he's engaged with the guy. Mm-hmm. He can like seal a lane and then the running back will get past him and it'll continue to seal the lane while turning. And just like, it's just a crazy thing. I, it doesn't say it, it's impossible to explain on a podcast, but if you see it, it's like, right. It's just completely crazy. Um, But anyway, I mean, he's a great player. He's going up against his former team. The Niners are going to need their offensive line to play. Well, they're going to run left a lot. I would think. And Trent yeah. Williams is my pick. It's going to be like one of those games where they're going to show a montage on the broadcast of like four or five Trent Williams blocks. Yeah. That's my prediction. Okay. I like it. I think Taylor Heineke is going to throw an interception to Fred Warner. And so I'm going to take Fred Warner this week. Heineke's just not a super talented player. And I think the Niners defensive line is going to get home a couple times. He's going to just get rid of it. And Fred Warner will feast on a quarterback like Heineke. He's a little bit of a gunslinger. A, I don't want to drag the guy, but he's he, he has a little bit of, to me, Ryan Fitzpatrick in that. I had someone describe to me one time Ryan Fitzpatrick is somebody who thinks he's a gunslinger, but he's armed with a water pistol. And that's kind of what the vibe I get from, from Heineke. And I think that Fred Warner is either going to bait him into an interception or he's just going to throw one directly to him. So, and you mentioned Washington's going to have to run it a lot. That means Fred Warner has got to be active. Big game for Fred coming. Okay. Um, I guess I have to take Nick Bosa just because you got to go BPA at some point in this mm-hmm. in this conversation. Um, 
there is some analysis here. Every time I take Nick Bosa, I'm like, there's no analysis. Just watch Nick Bosa right. play he's football. Good. He's right. he's a dominant <laughs> player at a key position. Like he's just a very an, an immensely valuable player. Right. But if you watched Washington play the Giants last week, Kayvon Thibodeau like wrecked the game during the entire first half. Yeah. Um, in both the run game and passing game, he had a strip sack and grabbed the ball and tumbled in the end zone for a touchdown. Um, in a pretty low scoring game, that proved to be pretty important. I think Nick Bosa it looks at Washington's offensive line and their tackle spots and likes what he sees in terms of this matchup. Mm-hmm. And so I think Nick Bosa could potentially have a big game, even if he's only playing like half the snaps he would normally, which I would kind of expect. Like Nick Bosa is probably a dude where you're like, all right, we'll play you on third downs, but you're not going to be on the field like all series, all game. You know what I mean? Like not like if he played, you know, he typically plays what 70, 80 percent of snaps in games. If mm-hmm. he's down to like 50 or 60 this week, I think that would make a lot of sense. He's like a guy that you would would prefer to dial back over these last three weeks to get him going for the playoffs. No doubt. Very good. My last pick is Aaron Banks. Because I think that Trent Williams is going to like be on an island. Like you said, there's going to be a good pass rusher lined up over, lined up over Trent Williams. Not Trent Williams is going to be on an island, but... Aaron Banks, I think, is going to be left on an island a lot where he's one-on-one against Payne or Allen. And that's um, that could decide the game. Aaron Banks has given up 25 pressures, according to PFF. That's the most on the team. He's allowed only one sack, but all it's going to take is pressure up the middle. That's so tough for a quarterback to deal with. And that's on Purdy's blind side. If Banks is just getting worked on Saturday, it could be a long day for the Niners. If he has a really good game, or at least a decent game, I think the Niners can roll. So Aaron Banks. I like it. Okay. I'm going I'm going not full hipster. Okay. Mid hipster? Mid hipster. Like I'm going one of those, flannel. One of those Sierra Nevada hipsters. <laughs> That's such a great way to put it. Yeah, that's yeah. Because you I'm, know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going. Yeah, like if I were to take Mitch Wisnowski, that'd be like a full Moonraker hipster. Like I'm going Sierra Nevada hipster. My friends got married at Moonraker. I officiated that's, their wedding. Right. That's why. That's why I popped popped into my mind. Um, but it's good, right? But it's like that's like when you think of like a hipster brewery, that's like probably one of them. Because I know a lot of hipsters who like Moonraker, which is fine. I know a lot of hipsters who like Cooperage. And a lot of awesome people like Cooperage too. Who have, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I'm not going full hipster, but yeah, Sierra Nevada hipster, I, I like that a lot. Like they drink hazy little thing. Um, yes. And they're like, I love hazies. Right, right, right. Like that's like the hipster who goes to Whole Foods, sees all of the craft brews and they're like, nope, hazy little thing. We're doing it. <laughs> craft two 12 packs. I know at least four people that are that <laughs> <laughs> which is which is this is this pick is in line with them okay it's Juwan jennings I, that's who i was gonna take i love it that's such a i love it Juwan jennings has one touchdown catch this year he had five last year if you remember um i think this I is a multiple that. touchdown Juwan jennings game 
That's my take. I think the wow, adjustment almost exactly what I was going to say. The, the adjustment that opposing defenses are trying to make with the 49ers right now is like, okay, there's no Debo. We really got a key in Christian McCaffrey and we really got a key in Brandon Ayuk. And, you know, George Kittle's over the middle. Like there are three options that you have to account for before you get to Juwan Jennings. And it just feels like, like looking at the numbers, he gets more targets at like close the closer these games are. And it just kind of feels like this is going to be a closer game, like a low scoring game. And the 49ers are going to have to convert a lot of third downs. And Juwan Jennings is going to get a lot of good looks on third downs like he typically does. Mm-hmm. And I think he might be a primary read in the red zone because Washington's going to be so worried about McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle that you'll end up getting one-on-one on the on the opposite side with, with Jennings. So um, that is that's my hipster pick, my last one. Um, cause I went really, really chalk with my first two. So I, I feel like I have to balance it out. Like just, I did the same. Yeah. Yeah. We, that was, that was mostly chalk. I, we, we both went chalk and then, yeah, we both went pretty hipster with our last picks. I like it. I couldn't love the Juwan Jennings pick more. Thank you so much. Like That's such a good, I, now that I'm, you say that he's, he's like going to be a late scratch and like twist an ankle and warm ups or something. I, oh, dude. <laughs> I'm so sad that Jordan Mason's questionable. I mean, what that hasn't stopped you from picking somebody of that ilk before. I oh, so okay, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I was going to do it just as a bit. But the other bit I was going to do was like Jordan Mason's questionable, give me TDP. Let's go. <laughs> Anyways, Jordan Mason's going to play and get his first touchdown this week now, and I'm going to be furious. I mean, it's going to happen at some point. He's going to score a touchdown, I think. Yeah, I would just let that happen before you decide to ride with him every week in the six-pack like you had been. If we had something on the line, I wouldn't, but it's kind of a, a fun little right. bit. Yeah. I just really, really enjoy that we just never take the quarterback. It's, it's like... <laughs> I think it's... So, okay. Two... Of course, the quarterback's important. Right. It's just such a... Every week, it'd be like, I'm taking Brock Purdy because if Brock Purdy doesn't play well, it's going to be hard to win. Your yeah. pick. Yeah. You know what? If Brock Purdy throws three for three touchdowns, I really like the Niners' chances this week. <laughs> if he throws three picks, going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. I'll be back. I'll be back out at Levi's this week. Oh, good. Yeah. Be back in the flesh, talking to uh, talking to the athletes, catching up with our favorite writers, our favorite people. Um, yeah, happy holidays, le- happy Hanukkah, happy Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy New Year. It's next week, but all of the we'll talk to we'll talk before New Year. I know, but people are gearing up. I want to get okay no you know what people might not listen again before the new year so if that's you happy new year to you yeah they might be on vacation or whatever i think the 49ers might have the best like group of beat writers in the league yeah i'm super biased but i agree like i don't follow other beats that closely but i never get the sense that other beats are as fun also, just elite hangs all over the beat. Right, that's what I mean. Like, oh, like not even like they're good at their job. Forget the quality of the work. 
Yeah. No, a, it, like, like the quality, the quality of the work is great. Like that's, that's doesn't need to be said. I, I like, I pay to read it. Like, so, right. but the, like you said, just every beat writer we've had on the pod is excellent. And, and the ones we haven't are right. just like, yeah, we'll go get a beer. Let's go hang out at Cooperage and drink. Yep. Anyways, just want to say shout out to them. Shout out to and, them. I know some of them shout listen out to reluctantly. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, everybody enjoy the weekend. Should be fun. I am picking the 49ers to win. I was just, you know, talking about the human nature thing. That's just. just no, you made that like. clear. You're, you're picking the Niners to win and, and Washington to cover. Yeah. You goddamn degenerate. And I take the under. What is the under, by the way? I have not looked. Okay. I've got 37 and a half. Which is what it was in Seattle, and they went under. Yeah, I would take the other two. All right. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, and we will talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.